Well, good evening. I didn't know last time I was here I was coming back, but I am glad to be back. Always enjoy being with you. Uh, Luke chapter 17, why don't you go ahead and find that. Uh, actually, it's nice tonight just to sort of talk to the church. Um, you know, often, well, of, of late when I'm here, it's usually, you know, during a conference, and that's always a special time. But uh, tonight's uh, kind of special too because it's the church family. And uh, so I, uh, I just appreciate the chance just to chat with you and uh, I guess say thank you. Thank you to the church. You know, significant things have happened in my life in this church. And uh, this, this, is, uh, this church has a, a place in my heart. Uh, the Thais would say, uh, they would say, Kun Yujai Pom, which means that you uh, are in my heart. And they don't use that a lot, but when they say that, it's significant. It means that there is a place in my heart where you are. And uh, I really feel that way about here. I feel that way about this church. I appreciate so much Brother Fisher and the help that he's been to me over years. And uh, just uh, feel like when I'm in America that this is the place, uh, I guess I can say this without offending anyone, this is the place I feel most comfortable. This is the place where I kind of feel the most connection. And uh, so I just appreciate being here. Uh, I want to be a blessing to you tonight. I, uh, I want to just say also, because it's just the church family tonight, uh, thanks for allowing Preacher to come over to us uh, last year in Thailand. Uh, that went very well, and uh, that was a real blessing to our people. It, it went better than I thought it would go. I mean, I thought it would go well, but it went beyond that. And uh, it was really it was really a blessing, and I just, just appreciate that uh, God really used uh, Pastor. And, uh, you know, you're translating. It's a different language. It's a different culture. And, uh, you know, there's things to learn. But it was just, it was, you know, having said that, it's the same Bible, the same Holy Spirit, same God, same truths, right? In every place, they're, all, they're still true. And uh, so God really used him in a significant way. And uh, so I'm saying that to say thank you, but I'm also coming back to ask again, all right? So um, what I would like is that you would maybe just consider whether you would release him to come to us again uh, later in the year. Uh, that would be a blessing to our people if, uh, if you would allow that, and uh, beyond that if you would pay for that. All right? So you say, that's, that's pretty blunt. I don't know how to say it any other way. I just, I don't know. If there's a nice way, you'll have to school me on that. But, but, uh, but that would be a blessing that would help us, uh, and it would help the ministry. You know, obviously things in Thailand... Uh, you know, they're at fairly infant stage. You know, I've told you before, the uh, population there's about, you know, 95, 96% Buddhist, 3% Muslim, and there's just a lot needing to be done. It's really been a stronghold. Uh, in fact, I was thinking about that as I, I listened to the Sunday morning message that was preached here, that preacher preached last night, and I was thinking about, uh, you know, what you ought to do when you come across strongholds. And I think he uh, he referred to that somewhat Sunday morning. So, so thanks for being a blessing to me in lots of ways. Uh, God is working in Thailand. Uh, thank you. Uh, your investment is not in vain. Um, I, 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 God is working. Uh, people are coming to Christ. Uh, lives are being really changed. Uh, and I believe that uh, the best is yet to come. 
Uh, so, so thank you. Thanks for standing with me. We'll all rejoice at a latter day. Uh, we'll stand together and we'll rejoice at that time. Uh, please, uh, you know, if, if you're praying for us, please just really put Nakon Sawan on your prayer list. We would really like to, to get, to, to be able to break through. It's okay to use that to, to really do something more in that city that has just been a, a real stronghold of idolatry. It's very dark. I could tell you stories and things, but, but, uh, please really pray that, that God will really do something special there, that the power of God will visit uh, that that just God will really do something that He'll really grow the church in Nakon Sawan, you know, such as uh, He would add to the church that that uh, He'll work and and I would just appreciate that. I, I want to make a real thrust uh, into Nakon Sawan this year and really try to do more and uh, reach more people there. And so so thanks for praying about that and thanks for uh, considering uh, sending preacher to us. That would be a blessing to us. It would help us and I appreciate that. All right, Luke chapter 17. Uh, I, I hope this will be encouraging to you. It probably won't seem to start out that way, uh, but it should end that way. If it doesn't, we went off message, but, uh, but it's planned to be that way. And I would like to encourage you because uh, I just appreciate you. I appreciate what you do. Uh, you know, Brother Fisher is my friend. He's helped me enormously. But every pastor knows a church is, is not just a pastor. Uh, the church is you. Uh, you come here, uh, you give, uh, you serve, uh, you work, you care about God, you care about the testimony, uh, you, you, you collectively come together in this place. And I, I appreciate the faithfulness of, of you and uh, just appreciate... Uh, what you allow to happen through your faithfulness to God. And I would like to encourage you tonight. I, I actually like you, and uh, I would like to encourage you tonight. I would like to give you something that would help you. And uh, maybe just, just, and it's okay, there's a time for that. Listen, there's been times I've prayed, and I have felt God put his finger on some things in my life where God said, that needs to change. And I've, I've felt that. But listen, there's been other times where I felt God has just said a kind word that just, it just meant so much. You know, just, just, a, just a, an encouraging word just meant so much. And there's a place for that. And God understands that. You know, he, he understands, yes, we need to be exhorted and sometimes we do need to be reproved about some things and, and, uh, you know, sometimes we need to be broken. But listen, sometimes we already are broken and we just need a kind word to, to lift us up. And don't ever think the Lord is not that way. He, he is tender to you beyond your understanding. Uh, he, he is touched with the feeling of your infirmity. Can I say this? He's touched with the feelings of your present infirmity. He understands you. And he knows sometimes you just, you know, you, you, look, it's not always easy out there. And uh, we contend, and sometimes we contend often with ourselves. Sometimes the biggest fight we have is within, not without. But the Lord understands that. He knows He knows about you. He knows about your life, your family. He knows how today went. He knows what's on your mind. And uh, there is a place where God just gives us an encouraging word and just, just, just reminds us that... Uh, 
that God is love. It's okay to say that. That's in the Bible. There's other things as well, but it just reminds us of that. Okay, Luke chapter 17, and you're going to think it didn't start out this way, but Luke chapter 17, verse 7 to 10, uh, Jesus gives a parable here that will introduce our thought. But which of you, having a servant plowing or feeding cattle, will say unto him by and by, when he has come from the field, go and sit down to meet, and will not rather say unto him, make ready wherewith I may sup, and gird thyself and serve me till I have eaten and drunken, and afterward thou shalt eat and drink. Doth he thank that servant because he did the things that were commanded him? I trow not. So likewise ye, so this is our application. So likewise ye, when ye shall have done all those things which are commanded you, say... We are unprofitable servants. We have done that which was our duty to do. So, so this is, this is the introductory and, and this is, this, what Jesus is saying. He's teaching us that there's a kind of spirit, small s, there's a kind of spirit we ought to have. There's a kind of attitude we ought to have in the way that we think about ourselves and our serving the Lord. And he teaches us that, that, that in, in that parable, he says, look, when somebody is servant to the master and they do the things that the master has commanded them to do, well, they haven't done anything special. They've done that which is required of them to do. And, uh, and, and everybody would have understood that, like, well, right. And he said, but, but that's ha- likewise, when you've done the things that God has commanded you to do, when you've done all those things, by the way, that God has commanded you to do, he said, say, well, you know, we're just unprofitable servants. I've only done that which God has commanded me to do. Now, I want you to understand something. He didn't say this. When you've done all the things that God has commanded you to do, you're an unprofitable servant. He didn't say that. That that word say is very important. He said, when you've done all those things that were commanded of you, say. Say. In other words, have that attitude. You take on yourself that spirit. You say to yourself, well, you know, whatever I've done for the Lord, you know, it was my duty to do that. And I just, I just, I just need to do that. And I don't regard myself as anything. Uh, and I would view myself as really just, just as it were an unprofitable servant. And that's how we ought to look at ourselves from this side. That's, that's the, that's the Christian's view or his spirit. He's been faithful, serving the Lord, but he does not esteem himself as anything. Are we okay with that? Say so this was going to be encouraging. It gets to that, but, but, but this is our side. So, so from my side, I, I want to be serving the Lord and, and together we just want to get on and do what the Lord has asked us to do. Very few of us could say we've done all the things the Lord commanded us to do. Now, Jesus could say that. Jesus could say, I do always those things that please the Father. I can't say that. What I can say is I want to do those things 
that please the Father. But in truth, occasionally, sometimes, probably something I do is not pleasing to the Father. But from the human side, my spirit, my attitude is, you know, I've just done what was commanded me to do. Or I need to just be thinking that way. Are we okay with that? That's that's our spirit. That's our attitude. If you go through life being faithful, serving God, doing the things he's commanded you to do, and you maintain that spirit. Now listen, that spirit is not putting yourself down. Are we okay with that? He didn't say you're an unprofitable servant. He said, say that. Have that spirit. Have that attitude because that's that's walking in humility. So that's man's side. We're kind of okay with that. You ought to be okay with that. You ought, to, you ought to realize, look, whatever I do, you know, I ought to do. And I ought to do more than I do. And God is gracious to me. And uh, God, God blesses me in that he lets me do some things. Because I know that anything lasting has to come from him anyway. I don't have the ability to, to manufacture eternal things. I can't do that. Any blessing, anything that's lasting, he has to do that. We can, we can preach the gospel, but we can't save anybody. God does the saving. God works the new birth. God regenerates from within. Uh, God puts his spirit uh, in their spirit, and uh, God does all that. We can't do that. So we understand it's all God's work anyway, and we would have the attitude, well, you know, I just, just hope I can do everything he would ask me to do. So that's us. And if you go through life like that, it's okay. Now don't cross the line and, and, and I've had, I've had people come in and say to me, I can remember over the years people would walk in the church. It's happened two or three times where someone would sit opposite me in the desk or something and they'd say, you know, they begin to cry and they'd say, you know, Pastor Shemish, I'm just a, I'm just a worthless, no good worm. And, and they would, you know, get into this, this, this barrage of, of just condemning themselves and saying they're no good. And, and you know what? That's not God. God isn't speaking to you that way. God doesn't say those things to you. So don't, don't cross that line and think, well, that's just a spirit of humility. No, that's a spirit of self-condemnation. That's a spirit of devaluing what God says is valuable. So, so don't do that. He paid a cost for you. You're worth something to God. He loves you. You're his child. Please don't put his child down. And you say, well, I'm putting myself down. Well, it's the same thing. You're his child. And uh, don't do that to another child, but don't do it to you either. So, But just have that spirit like that. Now, I want you to see from God's side, it's different to that. In other words, Jesus said, you have that attitude. But what you will see is that's not how God is looking at you. So what God is saying to you, it'll be best for you if you just keep that spirit. It'll be best for you if you don't dwell upon what you do well. It'll be blessed for you, be best for you if you don't tell yourself, you know what, I'm really good. It'll be better for you you don't think that way. It's better for you that you don't put uh, undue measure on anything you do. Are we okay with that? But what I'm saying to you tonight is, and I'll show you this in a moment, God is looking at you, and God may be talking about you, but you don't know it now. You say, does he do that? He definitely does that. God is looking at you differently to that. God is seeing everything you do for him. 
Well, that's encouraging. The Bible says the eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the good and the evil. God sees everything you do for him. God sees what you do for God that nobody else sees. God sees what you sacrifice. God sees what you give. God sees what you do. God sees how you speak. God observes your kindness. God observes what you do for other people. And God sees all that, how you help missionaries and you, all the things that you do. I'm telling you that God is seeing that. And, and, and God, God notices those things. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter six, for God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love. God said it would be, it would not be right to forget what you do for him. And God doesn't forget that. Now, now please understand, we're not paying anything back. We can't do that. Can't pay for our salvation. We, we can't really, all we can do is say thank you by what we do. But because he loved us, we love him. But he started it. And so now we love him. And one of the ways that we show we love him, see, see, love is always expressed in deed more than word. It's okay to speak love, but authentic love is always expressed in what you do. Now, the world sings about love and writes poems about love and talks about love, and but the world doesn't do a lot of love. But we're supposed to be the people who demonstrate that. So one of the things we can do, the way that we just demonstrate our love for the Lord is we, we just conscious of his presence around us. We want to do, we want to just do what we can do for him. And all the time we're maintaining that spirit. He told us, you know, I'm, what am I? I'm nothing, but I'm just telling you tonight, God sees it. I'm telling you that, that God, God loves you. And God is observant in what you are doing for him. And you may say tonight, well, you know, nobody, nobody, nobody says thank you. Well, you know, right. Sometimes that's true. You might say, well, well people don't even notice what I do. That might be true, but the, the, the person who matters notices what you do. The, the, the person whose opinion matters notices what you do. He said it wouldn't be right for him to forget your labor, your work, what you do. Uh, uh, so much so that he even says there will be reward. There will be recognition in a coming day. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 talks about that, but just uh, a verse, verse 13 if any man's work abide, if this is a lasting work, say, what's a lasting work? It's a work that when God tests it, when God puts the fire to it, it remains. You see, the fire burns away the carnality, the pride. Hey, I said this was for God, but it was really about me. Uh, the, pri- the, the fire burns away all that stuff uh, uh, when, uh, you know, the Pharisees did some things, but it was about them being recognized. It wasn't really about God. And, you know, God, he just knows the truth of all that. He knows what we genuinely do for him and what we do for us that we want to say is for him. And so, so, so what God is saying is when all that's examined, what you do for him, there will be reward. And, and God will, re- God remembers it all. 
God, God will not forget what you have done for him. Now, I want you to turn to a text uh, still in Luke. Just look at chapter 7, and I want you to notice something here in Luke chapter 7. So, you know, from our side, we would have that spirit. It's not that you are an unprofitable servant, but say, which is like have that attitude, have that spirit, small f's. Uh, I don't think of myself of anything. At best, if I do everything that God requires of me to do, at best, I've only done that which he commanded me to do. And probably few of us could even say that. But on God's side, God says, you know, I don't forget what you do. Uh, it wouldn't be right for me just to ignore. I don't forget. And, and more than that, I will reward. I will reward what you do. And, 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 and that's how God is looking at this. Now, in Luke chapter 7, I'm going to read from verse 24. Uh, I'm going to stop mid-verse, a little bit further down. And I understand that where I stop, there's a little bit more. And I'm not taking away from that. But the main point of what I'm trying to say tonight will be found in the reading as I read it. So verse 24, Luke chapter 7. And when the messengers of John were departed... He began to speak unto the people concerning John. What went ye out into the wilderness for to see? A reed shaken with the wind. But what went ye out for to see? A man clothed in soft raiment. Behold, they which are gorgeously apparelled and live delicately are in king's courts. But what went ye out for to see? A prophet. Yea, I say unto you, and much more than a prophet... This is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. For I say unto you, and I'm going to stop mid-sentence, I say unto you, among those that are born of women, there is not a greater prophet than John the Baptist. All right? Now, here's, here's the context of that. Uh, John, John is in prison. Uh, John's... John's life is is coming to conclusion. Uh, John perhaps is not aware of that, but not too long, John will finish everything here and John will go. And so John is going through a time, he's uh, questioning some things, and you know how that can happen to us sometimes. And he sends two of his disciples to go to Jesus and ask Jesus, you know, are you the one or should we look for another? And that seems a strange question, and you've heard that preached on before. But uh, they go, they ask the question. Jesus doesn't directly answer that, but he continues to do some um, uh, miraculous things and, and uh, as it were, signs that, uh, that confirmed uh, him as Messiah. And uh, then he just says, now go and tell John uh, what you've seen. And, and tell him also that blessed is he that is not offended in me. And, and they go. And so then notice where we picked up our reading tonight in verse 24. And when the messengers of John were departed, he began to speak unto the people concerning John. So here's what happened. Jesus was going to say some great things about John. But he never said it to John. He never even said it to the messengers Go and tell John what I just said. And what you're seeing there, you're seeing that, that you say, what was expected of John? 
What was expected of John was the spirit that we read about in the beginning. John had been faithful. John had done that which he was commanded to do. But John was to have the spirit in himself. I'm nothing. I don't regard myself as anything special. I've only done that which I was commanded to do. He's the master. I'm the servant. This is how it should be. And so John was to maintain that side. John never heard this, but I'm trying to show you tonight that, 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 that you should, you should be on that side. And I know a lot of you are. I know that that's just, you just, you just serve God. You just get on with it. I know you do. You don't draw a lot of attention to yourself. You don't wave to be recognized of men. You just quietly get about serving the Lord, doing what you can do, using what God has given you. You care about God. You care about his work. You care about what God cares about. And you do what you can do. And maybe, you know, that your name is not up in lights and you're, you know, nothing like that. And maybe, you know, half or more of what you do, people don't even know. And you know what? That's okay. You just stay on this side. It's okay. Just you stay here. But I'm just saying to you tonight that God is looking at you differently to how you should be looking at yourself. But he's not going to tell you that now. It is, it is not his will or his way to tell you that now. But what we do see is he speaks about us and we don't hear it. He, it was God who initiated the conversation about Job. That was God's initiative. God said, Job chapter 1 verse 8, God said, have you considered my servant Job? Who is, and then God says some very good things about Job. But he never said it to Job. Job never heard that. Why? Because Job was to stay on this side. This is where we live. God said, this is your spirit. Just just be this. It's okay. The rest is coming. God, it would, wouldn't be right for God to forget it. It's not forgotten. It's coming. You'll have reward. What you do for the Lord will be recognized. It has not been overlooked. It has not been forgotten. God has seen what you do. God has heard your prayers. God has seen your sacrifice. God knows your heart. God has seen what you do for others. God has observed your Christ-likeness. And, and I'm just telling you that from your side, yes, think that way. But listen, tonight, tonight, folks, uh, God is looking at you a little differently. God is, God is observant of things. But he waited for the messengers of John to go. And then he said, let's talk about John. Not for John, because John has to live there. But he said, let's talk about John. You know what that means? It means God has an opinion about you. That's interesting. God has an opinion about you right now. And so he began to talk about John, but not to John. And, uh, and he says some, he says some amazing things. He says, uh, that John, who, uh, was, there wasn't a greater prophet than John the Baptist. 
I mean, but he didn't say it to John. He didn't say, now, John, I just want you to know, of all those that are born of women, John, put her there, buddy, you're the best. No, he didn't do that. Because John wasn't to think of himself that way. God doesn't want us to have that spirit. God, I don't know who the best is here tonight. But I know whoever it is, they don't know who they are either. He doesn't want us to think that way. He wants you just to, just to have the spirit that, that, that side. He didn't say it to John, but he was thinking it about John. And listen, here's the great thing. When God says something, it's true. And I don't just mean doctrine. I mean, if he says something about you, it's true. You understand? I mean, we, we say, well, God can't tell a lie. And that's true. And we say, what well, the word of God is true. And it is. And we, and we know that the doctrines of God are true. But also, when God says something about you, hey, it's true. It's true. You know, I was watching commentators on the, on the, uh, the TV today. And uh, it was your uh, one of your cable channels. We don't have that where I live. And, and I was just watching, and I was noticing they were just saying, because they're commentating, they were saying a lot of things. And I thought to myself, you know, there's a disconnect between their words and their heart. In other words, the crafting of words is their business. They, they know the right words to use. And they can even use the right words when they don't feel that way. And I think that's one of the reasons that we stop listening. Because we don't always believe that people mean what they say. So we sort of disconnect. It just starts to sound like, rah, rah, rah. after a while, it's noise. But listen, when God says something, it isn't that way. When he said something, I mean, he meant what he said. When he said that about John, he meant what he said. When God said to Satan, hey, uh, have you have you noticed Job? There's no one like him on the earth. Why, he's this and this and this. I mean, you know what that tells you? God is just highly observant of your life. He, he is noticing things and seeing things and he has an opinion about you. Now, there's an opinion you should have about yourself and that's on that side. But God has an opinion about you. And he said some things, but he never said it to John. He spoke about John's influence. You know what he said? He said, he said, John was so great, you went out in the wilderness to hear him. Now, we have people who won't drive 25 minutes to get to church. But, but in a day where there were no highways and no cars and no air conditioning, and there was hardship involved in even in getting to the wilderness was like, it was hard. You know, you, you couldn't stop at, at, you know, somewhere on the way and, get a soda and ice and it just wasn't like that and and there was hardship and and John made no effort to come into them if you wanted to hear John you had to go to John you had to go through the wilderness to get to him but people did they did they did and Jesus recognized that so what's that saying it's saying that he is he is he is recognizing how you use your sphere of influence that you have influence and, and you, you might say, well, well, Brother Shemish, you know, I'm just one of the little people in the church. You know, I'm just, I'm not, I'm just one of the little people. Well, you know, number one, there are no little people. That's the first thing. Number two, however you regard yourself, you do have a sphere of influence. You're influencing. You're influencing your home. 
You're influencing people around you. You you have something you can use for the Lord. You you, you might be sitting in a cubicle in an office somewhere, and, and that, that might be where you dwell between nine and five, but you have influence. And, and what I'm saying is that God sees how you're using that. And, and he's observant about that. And he talked about John's influence. He said, he said, you know, like, uh, he, you went out there to see him. And John was no reed blown in the wind. It's meant John, John, John said some things. John stood for some things. And then I want you to see, not only did he speak of John's influence, and God is noticing that, but he spoke of John's, uh, and I'll use this because I will, it's his individuality. Meaning John was John. Here's what he said. He said, you know, John, John wasn't one, uh, finely appareled, you know, that wasn't John. Everybody knew what that meant. Yeah, he does dress kind of funny. And, uh, and you know, you, John was no, uh, John was no reed blown in the wind and people knew what that meant. <laughs> right. He just says it. That's for sure. I'll never forget the day I was there. He called the Pharisees vipers. Boy, that was, that was unforgettable. Yep. He just said it. You're right about that. He didn't pull any punches. And, and, and what Jesus was saying was, you know, John was John. And, and, and I'm simply saying God is observant to that. And what's good about that is that God is okay with you being you. Now, I don't mean sinful you. <laughs> some people say, well, I, you know, I just need some space. I just want to be me. And often what they mean is I just want to be sinful me. But, but, but not saying that, but I'm saying, you know, you're you. You're not me. And you're going, thank you. And we're all, we're all different. And that's okay. We're not the same. My English is much better than yours. And uh, we, uh, we're, we're all kind of unique individuals and we have our own way. And, and, and what I'm saying is all of us need to be like Christ, but you're still you. And God is okay with that. God doesn't want you to try to pretend you're someone else. You say, well, I'm not like other people in the church. Well, thank God. You know, we're all different, but we're saved. Uh, we're working in unity. We're on the same team. We're working for the same causes. Uh, we're standing together as brethren. I know you're not the same. I know you're you. I know God knows that. None of your children are the same, but they're your children. And God is okay with you being you. And Jesus would even go on to say that, that, that the way he worked and the way John worked was different. He said, John did it this way and you criticized him. He said, well, I didn't do it that way. I did it this way, but you criticized me too. And I'm just telling you, you're getting an insight to the mind of God there. That God has an opinion about you. And God is just, just seeing what you do and seeing your, how you're using your influence. Oh, Brother Shemish, I don't fly around the world and do all this stuff. I, uh, it's okay. It's okay. But you're, God is using you. God, God used you today. God is using you tonight. You're here. You came. You could be at home. You could have faked a reason tonight. But you, you, you made a choice. You cared about him tonight. You made a decision tonight. You want to put God first. Thank you. You don't need it from me. But I'm just telling you, God sees that. He sees what you're doing for him. He knows you're you. He's okay with that. You don't need to be somebody else. You can be you. And then I want you to see that Jesus also spoke about John's calling. He said, you know, this John, not only did Jesus say oh, of those born among women, he's the greatest of the prophets, but Jesus said, you know, you know what John was? John was that messenger. 
In, in other words, uh, listen, when, when you were going to synagogue and you sat there and they opened the scrolls and the rabbis were studying the Messianic texts, trying to work out the coming of the Messiah, and that was going on in the synagogues all the time. And you sat through that, and every time they read about that part where there was going to be a messenger who would come before the Messiah. You remember that part? And people, yeah, I remember that at synagogue. He said, well, you know what? That was John. That was John. John was that one. Can you see that, that Jesus said some great things about John, but John never heard it? Now, I suspect John's heard it now. And I think you'll hear it one day. It's okay. Keep going. Keep, keep, keep serving. Keep, keep, just stay on that side. It's okay. Well, Brother Shemish, I don't regard myself as anything. Well, good for you. That's kind of biblical. You just stay that side. But I want to tell you tonight that God sees what you do. You are not overlooked. And, and God is recognizing that and God, he has an opinion about you. Listen, a day is coming where there will be reward and there will be recognition and we don't deserve any of that. And if it wasn't in the Bible, I'd be okay with that because he's done everything for us already. But the fact of it is, it is in the Bible. God has chosen to tell you that that he will not forget what you do. And he'll reward that. So you just stay with it. Use your influence. Just use you for the Lord. And uh, and you be his messenger. Uh, John was here for a time and a season. Listen, I wasn't born during John's time. I wasn't there. Uh, I don't know where what I would have done if I was born in that time, but I wasn't. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't born in Europe before people, at least, at least, uh, Europeans came out here and settled this country. I wasn't born in that time and neither were you. And you weren't on the first ship that came out here or anything like that. You know what? You were born for this time. This is your time. You were chosen to be birthed now. You're the messenger now. John isn't here. You're here. And you use your time now. And little boys and girls who are sitting here, you know, the time is coming. Brother Shemish will be gone. I went to a church a couple of weeks ago. I walked in and this little boy, uh, he was, he was, he was 12, but he told me he's almost 13 because he was going to turn 13 11 months time. And uh, so he said, uh, I said, how old are you? He said, I'm almost 13. And I said, I walked in and he said, I heard him say, he said, it's him, it's him. And I looked over and as I walked into that little church, just a little church in the, and he said, it's him, it is him. And he sat there and he listened to the message. And afterward he came up to me and he just wanted to talk. Well, he's, he's almost 13, at least in 11 months time. You know what? One day Brother Shemish will be gone. One day others you know, some are a little off. We're not going to be here. But little boys and girls, younger people, you have to step up to your moment. You are God's messenger for your age. You understand that? You've been birthed at a special time. 
And we all just want to do the thing the Lord had asked us to do. As we sort of depart the scene, you will, you will come more up. In years to come, God willing, the church will still be going, but others will stand here. But I pray that the message won't change. The truth, it'll still be the same. Someone will still be talking about the goodness of God. Somebody will still be talking about what we need to do. And it could be some of you now, you, one day. And I'm just saying that, that let's just be faithful. God is seeing what you're doing. Look, it's not far away. Uh, it's not, it's not too long. You'll be glad that you just kept going. And you just, you stay on that side. It's okay. You stay over there. But I'll just tell you, God, God has an opinion. And He won't forget. Amen? Amen. Sorry, Scott. I'm done.